Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! I'm Elena. I'm Kelly. I'm Gabe. Uh, welcome, Kelly. Kelly of the North. Howdy. Winter is coming. <laughs> yes. I, I was thinking that we've, we've got two Kellys now, uh, and so I feel that you need some Game of Thrones uh, Kelly of the North. Uh. <laughs> I'm the OG. I don't actually watch the show, so I can't make more of a reference than that. But Kelly of the North, it works. Okay. Um, uh, and, and welcome back, Elena. Uh, so um, what I thought we'd discuss today, since I've got both of you in the office, uh, is this new partnership between NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio and Ohio uh, RCRC, which is the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice. The Ohio, only group with a longer name than ours. Right. Yes, a mouthful. Ohio <laughs> RCRC. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's something that's brand new. Uh, and Kelly, it was, it was your idea. Uh, so why don't you explain it? Well, so um, we've worked with the Ohio RCRC for years and years. Um, The relationship goes back longer than my 15-year tenure. But um, this is a a new, uh, closer relationship, a new new phase in the relationship, because now we have an official partnership where um, Elena Ramsey um, is working with us as the executive director of the Ohio Religious Coalition for Reproductive Choice, and she's housed in the NARAL office. So although she's running the RCRC in Ohio, she's also part of the NARAL team, which I think really is going to allow for a lot more collaboration and specifically work on combating abortion stigma. Um, and you know, to the extent that that we can provide administrative support to the RCRC, it's a way for us to ensure that those those faith voices that support women are heard. And um, we actually found Elena while we were um, looking to fill another position in our organization. <laughs> and uh, Elena's resume came across my desk, and I was like, "Oh my God." This woman's so amazing. I have to figure out how to work with her. And, you know, at the same time, you know, the RCRC was going through some leadership transition. And uh, so I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what do you think about us working more closely together? And we talked to their board and our board and everybody said yes. And then I, I called Elena and I was like, uh, <laughs> so how'd you like to jump off a cliff? And she was like, Okay. <laughs> so with here a we parachute. Are. Yes, yes, with a parachute. <laughs> so here we are. It's, yeah. it's really exciting. It is. Oh my goodness. I'm two months in, and it's just meant a world to me to have this partnership. Um, you know, to move back home and be doing work that I absolutely love. Um, you know, love engaging faith communities and fusing, you know, like moral and political and spiritual power to that. Um, and to be able to work with NARAL to make that happen. I mean, it's just, I just think it's absolutely divine. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I don't, I don't <laughs> think it was an accident that, mm-hmm. that we found each other and that the timing was right. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't believe in coincidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, RCRC has been operating in Ohio since I started, uh, with Planned Parenthood back in 2008, they, they were moving pretty strong then. Um, and it seemed that most times that we came to the state house to offer testimony, 
Um, back in the day, it was Barb Avery, mm-hmm. uh, and then Kathy Levy, and then Laura Young. Um, each of those directors always seemed to, you know, bring that religious press uh, presence to specifically the testimony presented to committee right. members. Um, what I mean is, is RCRC part of a, a larger movement? Uh, or are you just hanging out there by yourself? <laughs> oh no, we are uh, part of the national RCRC, so we have a you know a strong legacy of interfaith engagement on reproductive uh, health choice rights and justice issues. Um, we actually uh, are rooted in the clergy consultation service on abortion. Um, Tradition, which is you know all these faith leaders, um, mostly of the Protestant Jewish traditions, uh, who came together before Roe, mm-hmm. and you know risked their professional and personal lives to make sure that women had access to to care, um, and took great risk to do that. And so uh, the RCRC follows in that legacy, and um, it's you know really great that we're a part of this larger network and. To then broaden that, you know, um, to the secular movements um, because we need each other. And so I think that's what's so powerful about this partnership that we're doing with NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Uh, So I'm grateful to not be alone uh, in this work because, you know, we're very much in a rebuilding phase Um, here in Ohio. um, There's lots of good work that needs to happen and um, so much to build from, you know, of course, you know, the advocacy of the House, but there's so much, you know, public education and spiritual counseling that also goes into um, the work of the Ohio RCRC. Well, I think, you know, one of the, the legacies of the RCRC has been to tell women whether abortion was legal or not, mm-hmm. that, you know, you are still supported by the faith community mm-hmm. and that, that you are important, that you are mm-hmm. cared about, and that you deserve quality health care, regardless of the political circumstances. Um, and I think, you know, that goes back over 45 years, mm-hmm. 50 years, um, and NARAL was the same. You know, we were started as the National Association for the Repeal of Abortion Laws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we were both have organizations that have roots that go back 50 years. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's important to the abortion stigma. But I think one of the reasons why the RCRC, you know, even though it's been around so long, is so important is that the the faith community has not been as heard um, on the pro-choice side as they have on the anti-choice side. Um, you know, we have an office in the preterm abortion clinic, and we're very close with a lot of the abortion providers and work a lot with women who have had uh, abortions. And, you know, the, the thing that always breaks my heart is that, that stigma. Um, so many people write in journals, you know, I, I know that this is the right decision for myself and my family, but... You know, I'm worried that I'm going to hell. I'm worried about this or that. Even people who did not grow up in the church, they still have that tape in their head. And, you know, all of the restrictions, all of the, the bad things that happen around abortion, whether it's the protesters or the bans on certain kind of procedures, it's all rooted in that stigma. And so much of that stigma is, is rooted in, I think, you know, a pretty um, perverted and... Um, you know, inauthentic faith voice. And so I think that's what's so exciting to me about the RCRC is that as their voices are lifted up and heard, women will, who've had abortion care, and let's face it, it's one in three women, right, Um, will have an abortion at some point in their life, that they'll know that, you know, they're not jeopardizing their soul, their eternal life, or 
or whatever those other concerns are, that they'll know that, that they're loved regardless. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, women are of sacred worth, and that's the message mm-hmm. that we're trying to reclaim, right. um, knowing that, you know, so many of the anti-choice extremists who, you know, really peddle a toxic form of religion um, has said otherwise and um, have made, you know, women feel judged and condemned for these decisions that are very personal, uh, private, and take great care and thoughts. You know, I've never met a woman who, you know, just flippantly decided to, to make this choice um, and to then honor, you know, just women's agency to be able mm. to do that, walk with them yeah. and journey with them um, without judgment is, I think, a very um, holy thing to be doing. And, um, and I hate that my faith, the Christian faith, is being represented by an anti-choice message that is not representative. You know, I've always been told you can't be a Christian and be Mm -hmm. pro-choice. I'm like, really? Um, Mm -hmm. Or you can't be a feminist and be Mm pro-choice. And, you know, the fact of the matter is for me, the reason I am all those things is because of my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, you know, I come out of the, the Christian tradition and um, you know, the, the story, so many of the stories in the Bible just point to Mm -hmm. the fact that, you know, women have worth that, you know, if you believe in Jesus, that Jesus was a feminist. I mean, mm-hmm. I could I could go on and on about that for a whole, whole podcast just on that. But one that I think about almost every day when I go to our office, we have an office in, in the north um, <laughs> at uh, preterm, and we go past those protesters with, with their signs, with all of the things that they say, you know, this kind of, you know, hateful uh, religious perspective. And yelling at me, yelling at the people who work there, yelling at the patients. And I always think of the, the story from John chapter 8 about the woman who was accused of adultery. And, you know, the town basically starts to gather and pick up stones and they're, they're going to stone her to death. And, you know, of course, many people who even aren't, you know, someone who went to church a lot, they, they know that what Jesus said, you know, you know, hey, who here has not sinned? You know, you pick up the first stone. Um, what the, what the Bible doesn't say is where Jesus stood in that situation, but all my life, ever since I was a a little girl, um, six years old, when I got my first Bible, I always pictured him standing between the crowd Hmm. and the woman. And, you know, and that always invokes the clinic escorts to me, um, you know, that they stand between that crowd that's going to condemn these people without knowing them, without, without being, you know, above judgment themselves. And, you know, I think that is such a faithful witness for those who, you know, do that because of their faith. One of our board members is a retired clergy member, and he's a clergy counselor, and I know that's very much, you know, where he's coming from in that, that, you know, that we're supposed to, we're supposed to stand up for each other. And, um, you know, when Jesus asked, you know, who, who, you know, whoever doesn't have any sin, you pick up the first stone, Nobody picked up a stone um, because, you know, of course, we're all we're we're you know, we're all just, you know, trying to, to do our best in this life. And I think there was an acknowledgement of that. So I don't know. I think about that story over and over again. And I think to myself, why don't they see themselves in this story? You know, why do why do they not understand that they're the crowd with the stones? Why don't they why don't they see that? It, it, it always surprises me. Yeah, because I think we might be reading different Bibles or, or sacred texts. I mean, all of those stories, you know, in, in Scripture are, you know, rooted in compassion mm-hmm. and care, um, 
but it's so much been distorted. Uh, and it's, again, just does not represent who I am and whose I am. And as, right. a, you know, as a person of faith, um, I think it's like, incumbent upon me to declare a different message and that, you know, that we're all loved, you know, the patients, the providers, um, and even the protesters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, when Jesus told us to, to love God and to love our neighbor, uh, Jesus doesn't, he didn't say the neighbors you like. He just said your neighbor, period. Right. That means all of them. Yeah, and that's where the moral power of just truth-telling and prophetic witness, mm-hmm. you know, comes in, that we, we have to stand up for one another, um, even in the face of evil. And sometimes that, that happens from other people of faith. Yeah. Absolutely. So one of the spots where I hear the questions uh, back um, is is in committee, uh, and it always mm-hmm. seemed that you know there there would be um, there would be questions from the members of the legislature to our witnesses um, and and to the antis. Um, Frequently, in the, in the first few years of when I did this, uh, we'd see a lot of uh, the presence of the um, Catholic uh, Conference of Catholic Bishops. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would have somebody coming to testify. Um, uh, and then, you know, we would normally have a, a rabbi or a reverend or, or both. Um, and when they heard the explanation, when the, when the committee members heard the explanation of you know, why uh, these bills uh, stood against, you know, this religious freedom, the committee members, <laughs> you know, it's like they they had a sudden onset of migraine. <laughs> it's like, ah, why? Yes. <laughs> um, and then we saw sort of the same reaction uh, as RCRC in the past has held clinic blessings outside oh. of preterm. Uh, and I can't remember if they did one in, in Columbus, but preterm was the yeah. one that got like the biggest headlines. They did, and I was there that day, and, um, you know, when you were, it, it was it was surreal to be there and then read the reactions later, <laughs> mm-hmm. because when you were there, it was so uplifting and loving and powerful and healing, and, you know, there were people of all different faith traditions and no faith tradition at all, um, you know, who all, all came together, you know, in this, in this, you know, kind of spiritual endeavor to say, you know, that, you know, you're, you are blessed, you are loved and, and you're, you're doing, you know, good work. And then you read about it later and, you know, it's, you know, all this fire and brimstone and, you know, they're going to hell and this is the devil's work and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, I I know the RCRC got a lot of hate mail from that. Um, And I wasn't surprised because honestly, the thing that upsets the anti-choice side the most is when you reclaim your faith hmm. within this, because they th- somehow they think they own this issue um, because of their faith perspective. They own God. I mean, you see that even beyond abortion and politics in general. You know, conservatives. Right. You know, they. You know. You know. They. You know. They say things like, you know, they're for gun rights, and I'm like, I don't know, Jesus and gun rights. I don't see it. I don't see the connection. <laughs> but okay. Yeah. Um, so you know, it was just so wonderful that day um, at the clinic. Um, such an affirmation of everyone who work there. And I think it was healing because so much of what 
people who are at these clinics experience from the face of, face of religion is, is ugliness mm-hmm. and hate. And to have, you know, all of these clergy members show up with their, with their stoles and their robes and, you know, and all the, the regalia and, you know, sing and put their arms around people. It, I, I think that was a first for a lot of people. And, you know, just as a person of faith, completely separate of my life at NARAL, you know, I, I think one of the things that's always, um, if you can separate those things, I don't know. Um, you know, one of the things I've always thought is, you know, do you have any idea how many people you're driving away from, you know, your, your, your church, your synagogue, whatever, with this? People don't want to be a part of this. They know that it's, it's hypocritical. They know it's not authentic. And I think that's why they get so angry when they see, you know, people of faith taking, you know, kind of reclaiming that and saying, no, you know, we have, we have a, a moral argument here as well that's rooted in our faith. And honestly, there's nothing that evokes hate from the anti-choice community more than that that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, um, I'm not surprised to hear that. So, I mean, it was certainly before my time. But that model of a clinic blessing, um, now our RCRC has taken that nationally. I'm realizing that, yes, one of the most powerful things to do is to witness and put your faith out there um, that it it needs to be out in the public square. You know, like, where is your faith if it is not, you know, speaking to the needs of today? And so to be able to do that in a space that uh, is often so controversial, I think, is holy ground. And to be able to reclaim that, um, you know, again, if, if... if you're not doing something <laughs> um, wrong and getting, you know, a lot of pushback, then, then obviously, um, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not probably not doing it. enough. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the motto at my congregation is first grace, then faith, then works. Mm-hmm. Works, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> means get out there and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever that is that you're called to do, it doesn't mean, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to be cozy here in my my little safe life and, and not, you know, reach out and, you know, and, and fight for, you know, what other people need, whether, whatever that is the, that you're called to do, you know, for us, it's, you know, reproductive rights, health and justice for other people. It's, it's hunger for other people. Yeah. It's peace. It, you know, it's, um, you know, gun violence, it's all sorts of things, but, um, you know, anyone who's, who's called to, to do this work, you know, that, that is is rooted in peace and rooted in injustice and rooted in love for your neighbor, you know, I think that should be honored. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got about 10 minutes left. Um, how do we move forward? Mm. Well, I'm super glad that Elena's here <laughs> uh, because I think that's an important part of that. Um, and I'll let her speak to some of the work that the RCRC might be exploring. But I also want to kind of lift up that, you know, one of the things that the RCRC has done is really, you know, helped on an individual level, um, counsel people who are considering abortion care or have had abortions, um, you know, with that stigma that's come from, you know, that, that toxic um, religious perspective. I think that's so uh, so important. If you're if you're going to be an advocate for an issue um, and you have any internalized stigma, that's really step one. Um, that's that's step one to really grounding yourself in that in that issue and being able to go out and and advocate on behalf of others. And I think that's something that the RCRC is just uniquely um, able to do and and does so well. Mm, thank you. Yeah, I mean, so much of what we do is that hearts and. Um 
you know, mind work. It's changing uh, and transforming, you know, this, your inner core values. And uh, I mean, that, that is something, you know, much more, um, you know, beyond what we can do politically. And so that's where mm-hmm. you know, RCRC steps in and tries to provide, um, you know, that, that educational witness, spiritual development that says that there's a different way of looking at, um, you know, our religious texts and traditions, um, one that is not so narrow and exclusive and reactionary, mm-hmm. but is filled with, with healing and hope and, and honors people's, you know, whole lives. Um, that there's, there's not many spaces or um, places or, or in society where it can touch, you know, the, the deepest parts of our lives. And so um, religion needs to be a force for moral good. And so that's what, you know, we really try to, you know, promote this um, very holistic look at um, our reproductive lives because it touches every every part of, you know, who we are as beings. Well, mm-hmm. and as you meant, as you said the phrase, our whole mm-hmm. lives, you know, of course it made me, made me think about the, the um, comprehensive sex ed curriculum mm-hmm. that was developed by the United uh, Church of Christ and the Unitarian Church, which is called Our Whole Lives, or Al mm-hmm. for short. Hey, Al people, if you're out there. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's a sex ed curriculum, you know, from, you know, K through adulthood mm-hmm. about, you know, decision-making and values, mm-hmm. and it's very sex-positive and um, really, really a beautiful thing. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, if people in, had less concern for the sex lives of other people mm-hmm. and more concern for the whole lives of other people, um, you know, I, I, I think that we would be in a much better place. And, I, I, and you know, when I see the pushback, um, you know, we recently went up with that billboard in Toledo, and I was reading some of the comments. Please never do that. People don't read the comments. <laughs> but I did. I, I didn't listen to my own advice. And so much of it is, you know, what we call slut-shaming, you, know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of calling into question the sex lives of, of people who have abortions. And um, I thought to myself, wow. You know, where are these people when it when it comes time for you know paid family leave for childcare? Um, you know, mm. I don't know the Affordable Care Act, the Medicaid expansion. All of a sudden, you know, they don't care about these women and their children, and you know, and that to me is the real test. You know, do do you care about someone throughout their entire life, mm-hmm. um, or are you just concerned with controlling their sexual behavior? And I, I think I think the answer is pretty clear when it comes to our opposition. Uh, our, our opposition, um, in terms of a, a generally uninformed uh, electorate uh, mm-hmm. and, and comment posting group uh, <laughs> in general, but specifically our opposition uh, when it comes to groups like Ohio Right to Life, who mm-hmm. uh, have recently, you know, announced that they uh, oppose exceptions. Uh, in abortion restrictions that would allow the procedure for uh, survivors of rape or incest. Um, when, it, when it actually comes down to very specific policies, uh, I'm horrified that groups would, would choose that path uh, and then force it upon, you know, uh, indirectly uh, women across the state, but directly uh, on elected officials who are trying to uh, consider what's best for their, uh, you know, for their constituents. Um, I don't know how how should we work uh, with with opposition like that? Yeah. Well, you know, sometimes um, there, you know, there isn't a space to work with. I think there's a dialogue though 
that needs to happen. There, there are some people we're never going to convince. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's you know that's their viewpoint. That's what they're about. But I do think that Ohio Right to Life has really made a tactical error on changing their endorsement like this because I think any decent person who's running for office is going to look at that endorsement as as really not being something useful. That's something that's going to be damaging. Um, to their political careers, um, you know, even a lot of our opponents who, you know, maybe they don't they don't support abortion rights as broadly as we do. Most of them have at least acknowledged that in in that case that you know that they would you know have some sympathy towards a woman in that situation, and you know our right to life is like no, no, um, we don't we don't care what's happened to you, we don't care what you've been through, um, you know, we're going to compel you to continue pregnancy. Um, regardless of of how it started, regardless of what's happening, um, and you know that's that's I don't know how that's a politically strong position to take. Um, I don't know, Elena, you may have more to, more to add to that, but I just you know as someone who works in the political sphere, I looked at that and I was like, that's really boneheaded. Oh yeah, no, I'm with you that um, <laughs> our, even our most hardened of um, opponents would at least you know make exceptions for rape and incest. Um, that's just unconscionable to me. And, but I am with you that you know, dialogue is possible, as well as, you know, I have to hope, that as is conversion. I mm, mean, I, you know, when we think about this toxic religion and uh, the alternative message that the Ohio RCRC wants to promote, um, I know this to be true because of my own experiences. You know, like I grew up in a very fundamentalist um, Christian upbringing. And and it wasn't until I was able to encounter, you know, people's stories, have my own life turned upside down, uh, to realize that that there has to be more out there and that it is possible, you know, because I, you know, I used to peddle a lot of these same... um, you know, talking points and such. Um, but when I thought about it in lens of through, you know, women's um, experiences and live realities, it, it just does not work. Right, right. We got two minutes left. Do you got any final thoughts? I am just super excited <laughs> about uh, getting to work with the RCRC in um, this more strategic and, and close way. And, um, you know, I think the other thing I would say to the listeners out there is that, you know, one of the beauties of our movement is that, you know, if you're an atheist, agnostic, Mm -hmm. or a person of faith, you have a home here in this movement, and um, that your your viewpoint is, is valued and accepted. And that uh, you're not required to to have one way of thought. If if you believe that the government should not be making the reproductive health care decisions for other people, then you're on team choice. I'm with you all the way. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, a team that I'm just so proud to be a part of. I mean, I've worked in a lot of you know religious faith based uh, spaces, and I'm just surprised and encouraged by. Um, just, yeah, such deep, um, you know, people who are reflective and thoughtful and just super powerful and strategic um, as a narrow team. Um, and to do this work, it's just, yeah, it means everything to me. So thank you for this partnership. And I look forward to learning along the way um, 
I need all the mentorship and guiding <laughs> and support. Uh, and um, I can think of no better place to do that with than with NARAL. Choice Ohio. <laughs> well, thanks for taking the leave. We're all very lucky. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you both for sitting down and having this conversation. Thank uh, you, Mr. Mann. Yeah. Uh, we like to call man. Mr. Mann. <laughs> Listeners out there, if you didn't know. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.